The sponsor for The Shepherd's Crook for the month of February is the Banner of Truth Trust. The Banner of Truth is a Christian organization which promotes books, organizes conferences, and publishes a monthly magazine. The objective of the banner is the promotion, advancement, and dissemination of a better knowledge and understanding of the history and the doctrines of the true biblical Christian faith. We seek to inform, encourage, strengthen, and equip ordinary Christians and have a particular concern for ministers and pastors and those who are training for the ministry. We also seek to produce material that's evangelistic and in God's providence may be used as a means to bring people to repentance and faith in Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord. To read more about their history and mission, you can go and visit thebanneroftruth.org. Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. The Shepherd's Crook exists to provide care, counsel, and resources for pastors. You can get more information at theshepherdscrook.co. My name is Jared Sparks, and I'm a pastor coming alongside other pastors, reminding them of the chief pastor. Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. This is episode 80. Today, we're going to read a little bit from Eugene Peterson, and we're going to learn from him about how the church is not a business. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, help us as we think about the differences between businesses and the church, and help us open our ears to a wise old pastor who's now with you, Eugene Peterson, and just learn from him. Sit at his feet, hear him speak, and weigh his words. And Lord, help us just to know the difference between your people and what we're doing and accomplishing as we we work together and honor you and serve them as shepherds and what a business does. Help us to know the differences. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, what I want to do this morning is I want to read you an excerpt from Working the Angles by Eugene Peterson. And the intro of this book is just worth its weight in gold. I think I've mentioned this a couple times before and even heard from some of my listeners that they went out and bought this book. If you can buy this book, just go on Amazon, just get it. It's fantastic. So good. The intro again, the intro alone is just amazing. I'm going to read this, and then I'm going to make a couple suggestions at the end of this to think through maybe some ways that you don't even know it, but you're thinking as if and and approaching the church as if it's a business and coming with business principles and strategies without even knowing it. And so I just want to challenge you in a couple ways today um, after reading from Dr. Peterson. Here's what he says in the intro to Working the Angles. American pastors have been abandoning their post left and right, and it's at an alarming rate. They're not leaving their churches and getting other jobs. Congregations are still paying their salaries. Their names remain on the church stationery, and they continue to appear in pulpits on Sundays. But they're abandoning their posts, their calling. They've gone whoring after other gods. What they do with their time under the guise of pastoral ministry hasn't the remotest connection with what the church's pastors have done for most of 20 centuries. A few of us are angry about it. We are angry because we have been deserted. Most of my colleagues who defined ministry for me, examined, ordained, and then installed me as a pastor in the congregation, a short while later walked off and left me. Having, they said, more urgent things to do, the people I thought I'd be working with disappeared when the work started. Being a pastor is difficult work. We want the companionship and counsel of allies. It's bitterly disappointing to enter a room full of people whom you have every reason to expect share the quest and commitments of pastoral work and find within ten minutes that they most definitely do not. They talk of images and statistics. They drop names. They discuss influence and status. Matters of God and the soul and scripture are not grist in their mills. The pastors of America have metamorphosed into a company of shopkeepers, and the shops they keep are churches. 
They are preoccupied with shopkeepers' concerns, how to keep the customers happy, how to lure customers away from competitors down the street, how to package the goods so that customers will lay out more money. Some of them are good shopkeepers. They attract a lot of customers, pull in great sums of money, develop splendid reputations, yet still shopkeepers, religious shopkeepers to be sure, but shopkeepers all the same. The marketing strategies of the fast food franchise occupy the waking minds of these entrepreneurs. While asleep, they dream of the kind of success that will get the attention of journalists. A walloping great congregation is fine and fun, says Martin Thornton. But what most communities really need is a couple of saints. The tragedy is that they may well be there in embryo, waiting to be discovered, waiting for sound training, waiting to be emancipated from the cult of the mediocre. Okay, he's provocative, to say the least. If you open any of Eugene Peterson's book, he comes with an assault on consumeristic churches and the idea of the mega church, he says, isn't even a thing. There's no such thing as a mega church. And he said some things in the 80s and 90s that nobody else were saying. I mean, sounding the alarm, calling our attention to the fact that we're viewing things incorrectly. And I think he's absolutely right. There's a quote that he said in his book, The Pastor, it goes like this, the vocation of pastor has been replaced by the strategies of religious entrepreneurs with business plans. Now, I'm going to give you a couple of just real examples that I think you've probably heard of before that get down into us and we we just think are normal. I mean, we're just downstream of, of, of 50 years of church marketing and we just think this is the norm. But I want to bust us out of the norm, out of the status quo, and I want you to see in the scriptures that there is a huge, huge difference between entrepreneurial plans and business strategies and the local church. And we just cannot blur those lines and say, well, there's just a one-to-one connection and we can easily learn. we got to throw out the bad and keep the good and all that kind of mumbo-jumbo. It's just a way to justify an entrepreneurial spirit within within the pastorate. So I'm going to give you just two examples. Number one is John the Baptist. And number two is this thing called the rehearsal that many churches do. So let's start with number one. God had John the Baptist start preaching in the wilderness and not in the city center. Here's what it says in Matthew chapter 3. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Here's my question. Who's he preaching to? Well, at first, he's preaching to the trees and the meadows and the deer. It's the wilderness. He's preaching to nobody. Now, this is pretty interesting, I think, because God did not have John the Baptist go to the city center. Now, this goes against all modern religious strategies. It goes against everything that we've learned. It goes against things like where your church building is really, really matters. I mean, that's what people say anyways. And here's John the Baptist out preaching in the wilderness. And what does God do? It's an amazing thing. He brings the whole city out to John the Baptist. We're told at one point that all the people in Jerusalem came out to hear John the Baptist. They marched all the way out from Jerusalem to the wilderness of Judea, and they heard John the Baptist preach. When God's at work, it doesn't matter where you are, even in the wilderness. Let's translate this into the church building location conversation. If you've been around for, I mean, just a few minutes in ministry, you realize that where your building is located is a big deal. Everybody talks about it. You have to have a good location, a prime location, and a busy highway in a very visible place within a city. And I think that is hogwash. I think it's garbage. I think it's nonsense. You go to where God opens up a space for you, where you may, may be a home at first, and then wherever God opens up a space that's a wise decision for your congregation to meet financially, go to that space. 
and then trust if God's going to do a work there, he's going to be he's going to bring people just like he brought people out into the wilderness to hear John the Baptist preach. There are examples here in southern Illinois of this. There's a church called Little Chapel. There's irony in this. Little Chapel is a church in Harrisburg, Illinois, and I say it's in Harrisburg. It's about 10 minutes outside of Harrisburg in the middle of a cornfield. It's the worst location you could possibly think of, and it's a massive church. They've got over 1,000 people in a community of only like nine or 10,000 people, and their church building looks like an airport hangar. I mean, it's massive. You could go in and put like two Boeing 747s inside this thing. It's huge. And they're in the middle of nowhere. And there's examples like this in almost every single community. I mean, for all the people jockeying for best locations in church buildings, just go into any location throughout the Midwest, even on the East Coast or West Coast, and find the largest church in the community. And there's a great possibility that it's not in a good location. Locations are great. I'm not saying that a good location is necessarily a bad thing. I'm just saying it's not all that important. So your, your palms don't have to sweat. You don't have to get nervous about where you're, where you're going to be gathering on a Sunday morning. Gather where God has opened a door for you to gather. Meet there. Love it. Steward it well. And see God work. And the second thing I want you to consider is this little word called rehearsal. I can imagine Eugene Peterson would hate this word rehearsal. Rehearsal is this thing that production companies do when they get to, when they're about to do a theatrical program and they'll do a rehearsal because they have a product that they want people to come and to consume and to watch and enjoy. And so they will rehearse their play or rehearse their opera or rehearse their whatever their program is and they'll rehearse over and over and over again to get it just right. They want to start it at this time and end it at this time. So they rehearse enough times, practice enough times to make it exactly the product they want to make it. And then they present this to a group of customers who have paid at the box office and they want to get good reviews. So they rehearse. Now consider this within churches. It's just standard to call Whatever Saturday practice is or whatever the practice through the week is, it's just standard for so many churches to call that a rehearsal. And I think that is so detrimental. Language matters. And I think it's detrimental to everyone involved who calls what they're doing a rehearsal and preparing this package, this worship set or this package for Sunday morning, I think is so harmful. This may sound crazy to you. I don't know. But in the minds of people who call whatever the practice is through the week, who call that rehearsal, in their minds, what is a Sunday morning gathering? Well, I think it's a well put together, a neat package that's put together and presented to a group of consumers who come and consume a theatrical performance. And the, those who are performing the theatrical performance are hoping for really good reviews. It's a packaged deal. And friends, if your Sunday morning gathering is a packaged event, there's something profoundly wrong. You can't find that anywhere in the pages of the New Testament. You can't defend it by saying, excellent, excellent, excellent. We want to do excellent things. And people say excellence for literally a justification for everything. You can have a, the ceiling open up and the pastor drop down and have Michael Buffer announce your descent and say that you're doing all things excellent and to the glory of God. And that's foolish. So if you're using this vernacular, rehearsal, regularly and training your people to use this rehe rehearsal, what are you training your people to think about Sunday morning? The Sunday morning gathering is not a packaged event that's sold to a group of religious consumers. It's the people of God coming together in all their mess, coming to hear from God, to receive from God in communion, and to pray and respond to God, to encourage one another. It's fellowship. It cannot be a packaged event scheduled to start at this time and scheduled to end at this time. 
So there's a couple things that you can think about, practical applications of what I think Eugene Peterson's talking about in his book, Working the Angles, and really any other book that he's put out as well. If you're not familiar with Eugene Peterson, go and pick up some books. I'll link a few in the show notes for you to consider buying. He's got a great pastoral series of five books. And anyways, I hope you consider it. Consider John the Baptist and consider that word rehearsal. And maybe we can collectively get a better understanding of what the Sunday morning gathering is. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit theshepherdscrook.co. For care and counsel, please call, text, or email to set up a session. You can follow The Shepherd's Crook on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And please consider sharing this episode and leaving a review on iTunes or whatever other podcast platform you use. And let me encourage you to remember Jesus Christ.